necessarily know. Many of you all have asked for me to bring the Brother Ben X uh, news back, the Brother Ben X show back. And, well, you know, I used to cover current events and the legal side wasn't really my side. You know, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to school for that. So uh, as a brother was speaking about this this morning, our brother Jeremy came to my mind because he talked about there's so many issues in our community uh, that we can touch on. So then I guess I can give my perspective on the things and some of the solutions that I uh, think could be offered from the teachings. But he can also give uh, the details for the lawyer side or the legal side uh, with those little details that the average person won't look for or even know to look for. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to be doing some commentary and then we're going to get his thoughts uh, on this particular case. Uh, but before we get started, I want to read uh, I want to read something real quick from I think this is New York Times. It talks about the death of Breonna Taylor, a black medical worker who was shot and killed by Louisville police officers in March during a Bosch raid at her apartment led to wide scale demonstrations in the spring and summer as the case grew more attention. A grand jury indicted a former Louisville police officer on Wednesday for one-time endangerment for his actions during the raid. No charges were announced against the other two officers who fired shots, and no one was charged for causing Miss Taylor's death. So, what's your thoughts on this whole situation, brother? We're going to get into the commentary, but go ahead and introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. And what are your opening thoughts on the situation? Well, he just left us, guys. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, now I can't hear, say something. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So, what was the question? So, what's your thoughts on the situation? What's your opening thoughts based on what you've researched and seen thus far? So, after obviously after the uh, the decision yesterday from the grand jury to only indict the officer for three counts of uh, you know shooting into someone else's wall, you know, you go back and you look at all the the evidence and, and the facts of the case and you see what what it is that they could have been looking at in that grand jury uh, in that room like making that decision so my first thought is that just like everyone else how is it that we have three officers who go to a house or three officers who are shooting inside of a house they're justified for shooting back at the people in the house but then one officer is not justified for shooting through a wall so it's a contradiction. Like, how, how is it that you're saying that they're justified for shooting at, at people, but they're not justified for shooting at a wall, which would probably be a natural and probable consequence of, of shooting at someone who they're saying that they're shooting at them. I mean, we can break down this, this whole situation. Obviously, there's three different officers. They all come from different um, positions. They all have different positions here. They all, uh, you know, in different roles. They all have, been, have different levels of culpability. We can break down all their, their positions, but at the end of the day, uh, the police department is responsible for how this all went down. They're responsible from the top to the bottom, from the person who got the search warrant signed by the judge. The judge is responsible for all of this. And I think that more than what was uh, charged needs to be charged. And I think that, I mean, on, on the civil side, you know, Benjamin Crump, he, he did his job. He got a, a, a lawsuit. He filed a lawsuit. He uh, got them to settle early on for the money that, that maybe not that they deserve, and maybe they deserve more money than they got. But he did his job in that part of it, in that aspect. Yes, sir. So um, I'm going to just say this. Um, I heard Captain Dennis, uh, I think, before mention something similar. I think that in our community, we should, when these things happen in our community, 
come up with an action plan of what could be done in response to furthermore do something for ourselves and this is what i mean brothers and sisters and i want to get your feedback on this since you are in that realm you will know a little bit more detail than me and then i want to get y'all um uh, i want to get y'all feedback on this as well when i say have a plan meaning when we get these this lawsuit money i think they're getting 12 million something of that nature there was many people on the front lines there's many front lines as i've made a uh, point before front lines is not just out on the street front line is not just those with the sign in the front of the line front lines is many front lines meaning that we're fighting on all kind of fronts if we could come together and unite on a action plan do for self plan so that we can separate with those who we cannot get along in peace with when we get these paid 12 million i mean you're gonna do your thing you're gonna make your life better and your family better but I think it'd be also good if we could use this 12 million, this 12 million that's given, 25 million that's given, 5 million that's given. That's all kind of numbers that go out in these different cases. And we use that to build something for our communities as well, because we never, unfortunately, going to be able to get her back. We unfortunately would never be able to get any, any of the brothers that was gone. But when we get this settlement money, I think it'd be strategic, I think, uh, for us to use that also, yeah, for your family, but also doing something for the community who was there for your family. What's your thoughts on things like that? Yeah, so I break down the the money. Okay. So twelve million dollars is a is a settlement. Mm -hmm. Off the top of that twelve million, the lawyers usually get their thirty three percent. Or if the case is filed, um, which in this case it was, the lawsuit was filed, it, it can get up to forty percent. So the lawyers are getting somewhere in between thirty three and forty percent of the entire pot. So from twelve million, that's about at least $4 million that the lawyers themselves have already gotten. Mm. There were three lawyers on the case. So they split up that $4 million between themselves. The rest of the money goes to, well, Breonna Taylor in this case, you know, has passed. So that money will go to whoever was in charge of her estate, right? So in order for something like that to occur, something like where we're getting settlement money and we're putting it into some pool or some fund that will go towards, you know, us uh, building a better community for ourselves, it's going to take a lot of people uh, you know, a lot of all these people, the attorneys involved, the, the, the plaintiffs involved to, you know, sit down and say, yeah, we got this money, but we don't want to be selfish about it. We want to put it into a pool. And and that's going to take someone influential. It's going to take some uh, a leader or someone someone to say, you know, this is what we should do with this money that we're getting. Um, Benjamin Crump is one of the premier civil rights attorneys. Maybe he can, you know, start by leading the way, you know, and taking some of his own pot. And, and that's pretty controversial to say, you know, like a lawyer right. taking some of his own money or uh, even a plaintiff taking some of their money to put into a pot. But if if that's something that we're trying to, to see uh, come into fruition, then I would say maybe someone who is, you know, benefiting from all of these uh, these civil rights cases, maybe he should be the one to start uh, in that vein. OK. All right. So let's get into the video. Family. We're going to get into the the actual clip. Uh-oh, that's the wrong one. This is the actual clip. Kentucky Attorney General announces grand jury's charges in Brianna's, uh, Brianna Taylor's case. Let's check this out, and then, brother, you stop me whenever you want to expand on any of these points. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are... Oh, and let me be clear. I seen somebody already got a rebuttal. I am not saying 
that they don't take care of their family first. In fact, I said, I know you're going to take care of your family. And you should take care of your family and make your family better. You had a loss. So I'm not taking away. I'm not saying they should give everything up. No, what I am saying is there is a lot of our community who made noise. And when they making those noises and they are, when I say make noise, I mean they fight and they demanding justice. They own them. They call them. They're doing what they got to do. They sacrificing time with their family. They out there going to jail. You know, and, and for them and their family, I just think, I'm not saying for that particular individual, but at least something for the community who was out protesting, getting hit upside the head, beat upside the head, getting mace for that particular case. That's all I was saying. If I was wrong, I'm wrong. I'm just putting an idea out there. Just to add to it, like a lot of the people who do um, are, are victims of this sort of violence by police. A lot of their family members do take up the mantle. And they do get involved. So, you know, like uh, Trayvon Martin's yeah, mother, Sabrina yeah. Fulton, she ran, um, she just ran for county commissioner, seat in the county commissioner in Miami-Dade. Um, Khalif Browder's brother, who was, Khalif Browder is the kid who was on Rikers Island for three years for stealing a book bag. They released him. He got out. Uh, he ended up committing suicide or died by suicide. His brother, Akeem Browder, is now um, the founder uh, and the operator of the Khalif Browder Foundation, which goes around the country doing good work. So, these people, they don't all have, they don't just have to give money. They do give their time. Even mm-hmm. Eric, Eric Garner, you know, his daughter, who also passed away now, um, her life, she gave her life on the front lines for the remainder of her life. So I don't think uh, Brother Ben or any of us are saying that, you know, these people aren't helping their community out. They are doing it. A lot of them do get involved in the, uh, in, in the struggle um, once this does come to their front door. Indeed, indeed. All right, let's get to the. Get back to the video here. <clears throat> Corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. When officers were unable to get anyone to answer or open the door to apartment four, the decision was made to breach the door. After breaching the door, Sergeant Mattingly was the first and... Okay, I see you want to pause. You got something to say on that? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. So when he first started, he, uh, you know, he said that there's evidence that shows that they, they knocked and announced the police officers. So earlier when I said I had to go back and look at some of the facts of the case, you know, on the night of the shooting, Kenneth Walker, who is Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, he gave a statement. And also uh, Madding gave a statement. Or hold on, let me see which officer that was. There's so many of them. I believe, yeah, Officer Mattingly gave a statement, right? So in that statement, in Kenneth Walker's statement, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, he stated that what happened was that police came to the door, they knocked. They knocked, they knocked, they knocked. They called out. Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker called out to the police. Who is it? About three separate knocks, or three separate occasions of knocks, occurred Brianna Taylor, Kenneth Walker called out, who is it? Who is it? The police, uh, according to Kenneth Walker, never responded with who it was at the door, right? The officer corroborated that, and then he shifted. So in the beginning in his, in the beginning of his interview, he says, you know, we knocked, we knocked, we knocked. We didn't announce ourselves at first. I think his excuse was that they didn't announce themselves because they, and they didn't kick down the door because they wanted to give Brianna some time to come to the door, right? So he's saying the same thing that Kenneth Walker is saying, but when, what diverts is that he says that after a few knocks and them not actually announcing themselves, the police officers, 
that they then began to announce themselves. Police search warrant, police search warrant, and no one was coming to the door. That officer, and, and I bring this up because the, the attorney general there is saying that the evidence shows that they knocked and announced, and that was proven by an independent witness. According to Kenneth Walker, that's not what happened. They never announced. They, after they knocked, and they didn't get an answer, they, uh, after they knocked, and Kenneth Walker asked, who is it? And they and did it about three times. Kenneth Walker says they then bust in the door with the, uh, the battering ram. And they never announced who they were. He didn't even know that it was police until after he shot. And then they came in the house with the lights. And then you can, you can realize that, you know, these are police coming into the house. So knock and announce. They did knock. We, I can say across the board that, you know, everyone is saying that they did knock. But what's important when you knock at the door, someone's door in the middle of the night, is that right. you announce who it is, right? So here we are, Kenneth Walker and Breonna Taylor laying in their bed watching TV or sleeping. You get a loud knock. The police don't come knocking like the the, the, the neighbor next door or someone coming to ask, ask you for something, some sugar or something. They're coming knocking like the police. Like They're banging on your door. You wake up in the middle of the night. Your first instinct is that the heat is rushing through your body. You're paranoid. You don't know what's going on. Who just knocked? You're sitting there waiting, you know, waiting to see if there's another knock coming. Maybe you just heard something in your sleep. You didn't realize what it was. So the attorney general saying that there was an independent witness saying that they knocked and announced is refuted by the fact that Kenneth Walker says that they never announced themselves. And I think when we get into it later, you'll see what, why that's an issue, why not announcing yourself at the door is an issue. And, and I think people can kind of see already or think about it if you put yourself in that position, why banging on someone's door in the middle of the night could be dangerous. doesn't matter if you're police, doesn't matter if you're uh, uh, someone else. So based on the comments that I'm looking at right now, my next question, this leads me to, is was it a knock? So that some are saying in the comments, well, it was a no-knock warrant. Was it a no-knock warrant? And then... Uh, uh, somebody is saying that the neighbor actually said that they did hear an announcement. What's the details on that, if you've seen any? Yeah, so that's what he was saying, the attorney general. He said that there was an independent witness who said that uh, they did knock and announce, right? So you got to put yourself in, in people's positions. As a neighbor, right, you come out of your, your house or whatever, and you're looking at the, the I think they had said that there was a neighbor on the top floor. This could be the neighbor that's the independent witness. We don't know. They're not releasing names and that sort of thing. But let's just assume it's the neighbor on the top floor. The reason why that neighbor comes outside is because they already hear the knocking. They come outside, they hear knocking, they look downstairs. They don't, you know, like your uh, perception of what's going on is kind of distorted because you're not, you don't really know the sequence of events and why, why what is happening is happening. So if there was an independent witness that says that they did knock and announce, at some point the police did say police. Whether that was before or after they bust in the door, we need clarification on that. Mm. So if they're announcing that, oh, it's police after they bust in the door, it's kind of too late for that. They're already in. They're already shooting. And that's probably what happened. They probably did bust down the door and then start screaming, police, police, police. You know, because once they're inside the house, then they know that they can get shot at. Once they're outside, they're just they're, they're 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 hiding behind the door. There's a little bit of protection there. They're gonna the reason why they're knocking on the door and, and not announcing like why would you why would you knock and not announce? Mm. Not to give someone time. You're, you're you're I guess you're attempting to scare whoever's inside. You're you're getting ready. You're you're getting ready. You have your guns armed. You're getting ready to to 
go in there, search and destroy, right? So I think it's the, the mentality that these, the police officers have in that they are going in there like it's a, a video game. Like this is, we're in the middle of the night. This is the middle of the night. You're going to someone's house. You got guns, you got police officers, you got body armor, you got all this stuff. You're just waiting for the right opportunity to bust down someone's door, to use that battering ram that you brought to the door, bust down the door, and if you hear anything wrong, you're gonna start shooting, And which is exactly what happened. They emptied their clips on their guns. Some of them reloaded, start shooting again. It's ridiculous. But to answer the question uh, of the person who, who commented, they said that there was an independent witness that said that they knocked and announced. That may be true. That person may believe that the police officers did knock and announce. But until I hear that witness saying that that announcement came before they broke into the door and the shooting started, then I can't say that, you know, that we should believe that. Not that we should believe that witness's story, but that that witness's story corroborates what the police are saying happened. Now, has there been any evidence? Uh, I don't know if any body cameras have went out to prove that. Uh, the brother shot first or the police shot first? How do they know? Have you seen anything on that? So body worn camera is, uh, it's funny. Detectives sort of get away from wearing body worn camera. Detectives, they don't have uh, police uniforms. Usually they're in plain clothes or whatever, and they don't have body worn cameras. And you'll see in the reports, they say that that's for obvious reasons. I'll explain why they say that. So, as a detective, if you're in the community doing un undercover buys or if you're in the community um, as a detective undercover, you're not going to be. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. So, detective in the community, if you're investigating crimes and you're walking out in the community, you're not going to be wearing a big body worn camera on your chest. Kind of gives away the whole detective part of it. Uh, but. Going into a house to serve a search warrant, like there are there are instances where you should be, the police should be made to wear a body-worn camera, even if you're a detective. So if you're going into a house to serve a search warrant, the way that we are, are transparent about what happened there, you can put on that body-worn camera at that point because at that point, you're no longer trying to protect your identity. Uh, you're not, you're no longer trying to uh, avoid people knowing that you're a police officer by having a body-worn camera on your, on your chest. Because for one, you're there at night. For two, you're like you're going to make that arrest. It's not like you're going in there to investigate, like to knock on the door and right. pretend like you're police. You're going in there with all your gear, and all. so you can put on that body-worn camera. There's nothing wrong, I think, with putting on body-worn camera when you're serving warrants, right? So in this case, their excuse is that no, we didn't have body-worn camera because we're detectives, and and a lot of detectives don't wear body-worn camera across the nation because you know they don't want to give up their cover and those sorts of things, but. There's no body on camera to show, uh, and uh, the boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, he likely did shoot first, but he was justified in, in that shooting, which is evident by the fact that they arrested him for uh, attempted murder, and then they they let him out yeah. and let him go uh, dismiss the charge uh, for attempted murder because he's in his house. You got to remember, you're in your house. Someone is bust, busting down the door, and you shoot. I mean, and in Kentucky, you're allowed to shoot if someone's coming in your house. And what doesn't make sense, though, is this. They arrested him for attempted murder, right? If you're arresting someone for attempted murder, the logical conclusion is that he knew the police, that those were police he was shooting at. He knew that those were the police. When you let him out and you dismiss the charges, you're kind of insinuating that 
there is reason to believe he didn't know that you were the police. Mm. And for that, what does that mean? That they didn't announce themselves as police officers. So if they were dead set in their uh, in their representation that they did announce themselves as police officers, if that was their position and they were dead strong about that, why is the charge? Why is he? Why is his charge dismissed? You're saying if you knock and announce, police, 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 you go inside and someone shoots you, someone who knew that you were the police, because by your word, you announced it. You dismiss the charge against that person? That doesn't make any sense. Mm, man, that was, that was a good point right there, man. Heavy point. Um, peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Peace. Man, I have one more question for you. It just, uh, it just, it just, oh, here's my last question. Then we're going to get back to the commentary. For those who don't know, who haven't been reading up on it, if, because I've seen this in the comment section as well, if they wasn't wrong because they didn't, they didn't uh, charge any of the officers for the murder of Breonna Taylor, if they wasn't wrong, then what is the $12 million settlement for uh, then? All right. Yeah, so the $12 million settlement was for a civil claim, right? And in that claim, uh, Benjamin Crump and the other attorneys who worked on that case, they filed four different counts, or they uh, they alleged four different acts on the wrong on the part of the police. One is battery, one is wrongful death, one is negligence, and one is excessive force. So four different counts. None of those are mur murder, criminal charges. They're all civil, civil claims, right? So the settlement... Um, that that they reached, it doesn't say or announce, you know, like which one of these they're actually taking fault for. They may not even be taking fault for any of them in the actual settlement agreement. They may just, you know, settle and say we're not taking fault, but we're going to pay out money. Uh, and then people do that. Uh, these police departments will do that for a number of reasons. You know, they'll say, oh well, we just want to get this done over. We don't want to waste any more money. So whatever reason they're going to say, they likely didn't admit any fault. But the civil case was was settled, and they got the twelve million based off of those one of those four counts: either battery, wrongful death, um, negligence, 
uh, an excessive force. So they could be liable for wrongful death. They could be liable for excessive force. They could be liable for negligence. And they could still be innocent of murder. Individually, the police officers could be um, innocent of murder. Wow. Man, that's some crazy stuff. All right, let's get back to the commentary here. The only officer to enter the residence. Sergeant Mattingly identified two individuals standing beside one another at the end of the hall, a male and a female. In his statement, he says that the male was holding a gun, arms extended in a shooting stance. Sergeant Mattingly saw the man's gun fire, heard a boom, and immediately knew he was shot as a result of feeling heat in his upper thigh. Kenneth Walker fired the shot that hit Sergeant Mattingly, and there's no evidence to support that Sergeant Mattingly was hit by friendly fire from other officers. Mr. Walker admitted that he fired one shot and was the first to shoot. In addition to all the testimony, the ballistics report shows that the round that struck Sergeant Mattingly was fired from a nine millimeter handgun. The LMPD officers fired 40 caliber handguns. Sergeant Mattingly returned fire down the hallway. Mattingly fired six shots. Almost simultaneously, Detective Cosgrove, also in the doorway, shot 16 times. This all took place in a matter of seconds. In total, six bullets struck Ms. Taylor. Medical evidence obtained by our team indicates that only one shot was fatal. Further medical evidence shows that Ms. Taylor would have died from the fatal shot within a few seconds to two minutes after being struck. All right. You Detective stop Hankinson there. fired. Okay. All right. So here we got uh, the Attorney General who's saying Mattingly shot six times, Cosgrove shot 16 times, and both of these officers walk away scot-free, right? The one who didn't walk away scot-free, which basically I think it is scot-free, was uh, Hankinson, the one who was fired by the police department. So and maybe he'll say it in the coming uh, comments how many shots he fired. I think he fired like 10 shots. Um, but here we have Mattingly who claims that when he went into the house, he could see uh, Kenneth Walker with his arms uh, extended I'm not sure exactly. I can't picture that in my head. Arms extended and shoot and shot at him. I'm not, I don't know if his arms are out, like out of his body, like a horizontal, or if they're like extended in front of him, like pointing a gun, like downrange or what. Um, that wasn't really clear. But he says that Mattingly says he saw Kenneth Walker there with the gun, and he gets shot one time, right? So then Mattingly shoots back six times. If Mattingly had this. Uh, He must be getting a phone call. Yeah, sorry about that. Go ahead. Yes, if Mattingly had this visual of uh, of Kenneth Walker from the time that he went into the apartment, he would have known that after Kenneth, Kenneth Walker shot him one time, that either he put his gun down or he stopped shooting. But Mattingly then shot six times on his own. Cosgrove shot 16 times, right? And the other officer, I believe, shot 10 times. Uh, Hankinson, right? So one 
it's a, it's an excessive amount of bullets raining into the house. They're emptying, basically emptying their, their clips into the house. And they're saying that they could see what was going on in the house. So they knew where the people were at, or at least they knew where Kenneth Walker was at, and they knew where the gunfire was coming from. But they shot several times in his direction or in, inside of the house. So I guess the point here is that these officers kind of knew that their threat was neutralized. If they could see what Kenneth Walker was doing, if they could see him where he was at, where the gun was at, they knew the threat was neutralized, but they continued to shoot. And when you continue to shoot at somebody, you're either trying to kill them or you're acting recklessly. Um, and and I forgot what was the initial question again. Oh no, I had no question. That was it. You just wanted you just want to give commentary on that. Okay, yeah. So that's right. And because he was just he was saying how many people shot this and that bullet, and then so there's one thing other than that, the one fatal shot. Right? Mm -hmm. They're saying that she was shot six times, but only one of the bullets uh, was fatal. I guess that's according to their their coroner or their their medical examiner who's going to you know do his job take the bullets out. If she was shot in her pinky toe or she was shot in her brain, you know that the brain shot would be the one that was fatal. They're not really giving uh, information as to you know where the bullets uh, were inside of Miss Taylor, but you got to be careful with the medical examiners in in these cases and how they announce the death of of, of a person, right? So they're saying only one of the shots proved to be fatal. The reason why, and I'm not saying, let's say, the reason why I believe that they're saying that the one shot was fatal was because they're trying to decrease the culpability or the the, the uh, connection, the causation between the other officers and, and Breonna Taylor. So those six bullets that were found inside of Breonna Taylor, they came from these officers. We don't know if they came from, if some of them came from uh, Mattingly, if some of them came from Cosgrove or some of them came from the other officer, Hankinson. If we were to identify which officer's bullets were inside of Breonna Taylor and where they were inside of her, you would have more information. And, and, and if that information was presented to the grand jury, it would likely prove that this officer shot her and that this officer should be either charged with uh, a battery or uh, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Or, and, and that's a Florida charge. It may not be a charge in Kentucky, but there's something similar to it. Or likely uh, attempted, any of the attempted homicides, or uh, some sort of manslaughter, or something like that. So they've got different, there's different degrees of murder. You can be intentional about your murder, which is usually the highest uh, degree of murder. You can be accidental with your murder. You can be acting negligently in causing a murder. You can be acting recklessly in causing a murder. So every state has the different ways that they uh, classify and, and the different exact name of the murder, but those are generally the types of murder that you have. And so with more information, you could say, okay, this officer shot six times, Mattingly shot six times, and he knew that the threat was neutralized. One or two of his bullets went into Breonna Taylor, one went into her thigh, Sorry. So yeah, you could say Mattingly shot six bullets and two of them went into Breonna Taylor. One went into her thigh, one went into her chest. Um, the other officers, Cosgrove, shot 16 bullets. Four of those bullets went into Breonna Taylor's body. One was in her chest, two were in her thigh, and three, uh, the other one was in uh, maybe in her, in her heart or whatever. 
and then the other officer shot the, the, the fatal shot. So you have six bullets in there, but you don't know which officer's bullets were actually inside of Breonna Taylor, but we know which bullets were inside of the walls. We know which bullets went into the other um, neighbors' houses, and we can attribute those bullets to a specific officer, and that officer was then charged. So I need the attorney general, and, and it's over now because he's not going to go back and do it. And, and the, the federal government, the Department of Justice, they're not going to go ahead and do it, obviously, uh, with the, the people who are in power now. They're not going to go back and do anything about this. Um, but they, they took six months to investigate this case, and we still don't know which bullets went into uh, Brown Taylor from which officer, but we do know which officer shot into which wall. And then that officer was then charged with shooting into a wall and endangering other people's lives. But the life that was actually lost is not accounted for. And even uh, Kenneth Walker's life is not accounted for in this case. Even his life didn't matter um, in this situation. Wow. So are you saying, <clears throat> just to be clear, you saying they know which officers shot which bullets into the wall, but all the way this whole time, they have no idea who's bullets hit Breonna Taylor. So officer was Hankinson, right? He's the only one charged in this case. And he's charged with shooting into the, like what they call, um, the reason why, let me get, let me get to the reason why he was fired. I think I wrote, I, I saved the document somewhere. Man, if that's the case, this is some, this is some tricky stuff here, man. Because, because uh, I, so is the logic here that if, if we saw that maybe one officer got all six of his bullets in her or majority that it could it could look intentional because she didn't have no gun right no she didn't right so so is the logic do you think the logic here is the reason they don't want to say because if we find that one got majority of his bullets so a lot of bullets in her that it could be intentional is that what you're saying so i mean if if you had that situation yeah so the more you investigate the more facts that you find then you can sort of, you know, indicate or infer that the, 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 the fact that this officer emptied six bullets into a person, that this murder was intentional, you know. So what you end up charging someone with is, is, a, is, a, is very a direct correlation with what type of evidence you uncovered in your investigation. So if you go in there and you, you don't really know what happened, and you present to the grand jury like, oh, there's a lot of confusion here. We don't know how this happened or how that happened. They're not going to say that an officer intentionally killed somebody because they don't have any proof that this officer did anything intentional. All they know is this was a mistake. They went in to serve a warrant. Somebody shot. They shot back. Right. As a police officer, you don't got You don't have to shoot back six times, 16 times and 10 times and all at the same time. Right. So, I mean, they just they just they just have their guns drawn, waiting for something to happen, and then automatically just start emptying their, their, their guns into the apartment mm. in, in every direction. Uh, but to answer your question, look, Hankinson um, in the department, uh, they accuse, this is from his chief, the interim chief, they accuse him of blindly firing 10 rounds into Taylor's apartment, right? Creating a substantial danger of death and serious injury. They charge him, the one officer, Hankinson, and I'm not sure why, they fired him and they charged him with it for blindly firing 10 rounds into the apartment. There's another officer, Cosgrove, who shot 16 times. And then there's Mattingly who shot six times. So I'm yet to understand why it is that the officer who shot even more times than 
Hankinson was never fired and also was never uh, was never charged with anything. So it's kind of, I don't know if Hankinson's the black sheep. I don't know if he's the person that, you know, they're going to just throw under the bus for this situation. But it just doesn't make sense to me how one can be blindly firing and they say that he created a substantial danger of death and, and serious injury. Uh, and the other's not. Like, they have no culpability in this, right? Um, and then the uh, the chief goes on to say that he found the conduct to be a shock to the conscience. Um, and he's alarmed and stunned that he used deadly force in this fashion. But all those comments were only directed towards Hankinson, and he seems to be the only one that's getting any uh, any blame for any of the things that are going on here. Uh, when they all, in my opinion, shot into that apartment unnecessarily, excessively, and uh, in a manner that you know would likely cause death. Mm. Okay, let's get back to the commentary here. His weapon 10 times, including from a outside sliding glass door and through a bedroom window. Some bullets traveled through apartment four and into apartment three before some exited that apartment. At the time, three residents of apartment three were at home, including a male, a pregnant female, and a child. There is no conclusive evidence that any bullets fired from Detective Hankinson's weapon struck Ms. Taylor. The KSP ballistics analysis did not identify which of the three officers fired the fatal shot. After receiving that information, I asked the FBI crime lab to conduct its own analysis to see if they reached the same results. The FBI ballistics analysis concluded the fatal shot was fired by Detective Cosgrove. Mm. Our office looked at both reports to determine if there were major differences in the procedures used by each lab that would have led the FBI to identify who fired the fatal shot. Both law enforcement agencies use similar equipment and analysis, and each lab is highly respected for their work. There was nothing our investigators could point to nor anything provided by the respective agencies that directly explains why one lab made the call while another did not. I think it is worth repeating again that our investigation found that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in their use of force after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. Secondary to this justification, the KSP and FBI ballistics analysis reached different conclusions creating a reasonable doubt in the evidence about who fired the fatal shot. All right, so stop I there. certainly understand. So there's there's the other thing there. So remember I said which bullets went into Breonna Taylor? There he's answering the question. Cosgrove, the one who shot the most, 16 bullets. Uh, according to the FBI, he's the one who shot the fatal shot. Um, they don't account for the other five bullets. They just say one fatal shot by Cosgrove um, ended Breonna Taylor's life. And so here we are, the federal government does their investigation, their ballistics experts, they determined that the Kentucky uh, Police Department there, the police department in Kentucky there, did their ballistics reports, they couldn't determine who shot the fatal shot. So we've got two conflicting ballistics reports, ballistics examinations, one from the, the local level and one from the federal level. 
the federal one being one that uh, is more specific and, and I guess more um, telling as to who shot the fatal shot. So that attorney general took that information into the grand jury, created a reasonable doubt that, oh, we don't really know. Here our local department is saying they can't tell, but the federal one is saying that it is Costco, right? They're saying that the local one couldn't figure it out, but the federal one did figure it out. That doesn't sound like a conflict in the evidence to me. It just sounds like one did their job better than the other. It's not as though the, the local level said another officer fired the fatal shot and the federal one said that a, a different officer fired the fatal shot. One just didn't, couldn't figure it out. And one did figure it out. So one was just better at their job than the other. So it's not a conflict so much as just, you know, the, the federal ballistics expert did their job and accurately pointed out the person who, who uh, fired the fatal shot. And then here we are, someone who fired 16 shots into an apartment, 16 rounds into an apartment. Does And in his one of his bullets, according to a federal ballistics expert, was fired into her and fatally killed her. He doesn't get charged with anything. Mm. Not reckless murder, not negligent murder. 16, like 16 bullets. That's a lot of bullets. It's not like he shot twice, waited to hear if there was any gunfire, and then returned more after there was more. It wasn't like he took cover. He took his gun, his weapon, he emptied it, six, and he, he fired 16 shots. That's reckless. That's negligent. That's, in, that's indifferent to human life. And so he, Cosgrove, in my opinion, deserves probably the most culpability in the situation. He fired a fatal shot, according to them, and he shot 16 times. So he should have been, in my opinion, charged with the murder of Breonna Taylor. Maybe not intentional murder, because it's hard to prove that. But when you got 16, when you fire into someone's house 16 times, it sounds, it seems pretty intentional to me. Absolutely. Understand the public's desire for answers, and many have questioned the length of the investigation. Simply put, we had to try every means necessary to determine who fired the fatal shot before the investigation could be completed. With a thorough and complete knowledge of all evidence collected in this case, lawyers with our Office of Special Prosecutions presented the findings of our independent investigation before a grand jury comprised of Jefferson County residents beginning on Monday and concluding today. In Fletcher v. Graham, the Kentucky Supreme Court said that the grand jury has competing but balanced functions. On the one hand, its purpose is to investigate allegations of criminal conduct and determine if there is probable cause to believe that a crime has been committed. On the other, the grand jury serves to protect the public against unfounded criminal prosecutions where probable cause is lacking. The grand jury is unique in our criminal justice system because it operates independent of the court and the prosecutor. The hallmark of the grand jury is its independence from outside influence. This independence is necessary to ensure that justice is done both for the victims and for the accused. After hearing the evidence from our team of prosecutors, the grand jury voted to return an indictment against Detective Hankinson for three counts of wanton endangerment for wantonly placing 
the three individuals in apartment three in danger of serious physical injury or death. The charge of wanton endangerment in the first degree is a class D felony. And if found guilty, the accused can serve up to five years for each count. Kentucky law states that a person is guilty of wanton endangerment in the first degree when under circumstances manifesting in strength indifference to the value of human life, he wantonly engages in conduct which creates a substantial danger of death or serious physical injury to another person. My office is prepared to prove these charges at trial. However, it's important to note that he is presumed innocent until proven guilty. During the last six months, we've all heard mention of possible charges that could be brought in this case. It's important to understand that all the charges that have been mentioned have specific meanings and ramifications. Criminal homicide encompasses the taking of a life by another. While there are six possible homicide charges under Kentucky law, these charges are not applicable to the facts before us because our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in their return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. Let me state that again. According to Kentucky law, the use of force by Mattingly and Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Brianna Taylor's death. The truth is now before us. The facts have been examined and a grand jury comprised of our peers and fellow citizens has made a decision. So that's the end of it. Yep. So you heard him. He said there's six different homicide charges there in the state, in the Commonwealth. Six different ones, ranging obviously from the top, you know, being intentional murder. There's probably got felony murder, um, going all the way down to, you know, probably like negligent manslaughter or whatever. Um, and they couldn't, they couldn't find one of them to charge this officer with or these officers with. The grand jury. The whole concept of this grand jury that he mentioned, that it's independent of outside influence. And what he's trying to say is that the reason they used the grand jury was so that there would be no bias on the part of the prosecution or anyone else. Um, and this it would be an, a completely objective uh, indictment. That prosecutor has the ability to bring charges on his own without going to a grand jury. He can look at the facts in the case, look at the law, apply the uh, apply the facts to the law and say that this officer was negligent and he deserves to be charged with some sort of negligent homicide, right? He decided to go with the grand jury. He decided to take his evidence and basically lead his sheep, the grand jury, into the direction that he wanted to take them. So the evidence that he has, the, the confusion in like where the bullets come from and which gun it fired out of and where, it, where they landed and, and those sorts of things. He took that into the grand jury, likely, made it seem very confusing to them. And in his statement, oh, the police officer is innocent until proven guilty. Remember that. Like, no other person gets the... <laughs> you never hear that when another person is charged with a crime. They're innocent until proven guilty. We've got to always remember that. Like, I've never heard a prosecutor say those words. You know, that's something that's like in the, the back of our 
you know, history, the America's history that you're innocent until proven guilty. But in this in this world, in this climate, everyone is guilty until they're proven innocent. And that's just how it is in the in the court of law. That's just how it is. If you look at anyone's case, any any celebrity, anyone that's in, out in the media who's been accused of something, they're guilty until they're proven innocent. But this prosecutor makes sure that you know that his police officers are innocent until proven guilty. So I think the grand jury thing, the whole like going to the grand jury to find out if this officer should be indicted was a setup. He basically was allowed to go in there and present evidence uh, in a way that was confusing to the, the grand jury, likely. Uh, in, a, in a way that was insufficient to the grand jury to, or for the grand jury to uh, come back with an indictment for one of the six different homicides that they have there um, in Kentucky. Yes, sir, man. I think you did a great job, man. Uh, do you have any more closing words? If you do, um, if, if so, you can close with those closing words. Uh, everybody stick around. I'm going to do a call-in show. I'm going to allow you all to call in and share your thoughts. So I'm going to put the number on the screen after Brother Jeremy leaves. But uh, again, let them know who you are, brother, and where they can follow you on social media for more content that you put out. Uh, yeah, so again, my name is Jeremy McClamont. I'm here in uh, Tampa, Florida. I've got two offices, one in Tampa, one in Miami, Florida. I uh, started my own law firm uh, two years out of law school. I was at the Miami Dade Public Defender's Office, and now I'm uh, at my own law firm. You can find me on Instagram at Acelia Law. That's A S I L I A. L-A-W, so Acelia Law. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Also, closing words, you know, in, in this situation, the the Attorney General has spoken, you know, so no none of the officers there are going to get charged with murder or anything else. The officer who was charged with you know, shooting into someone else's wall is likely going to get off. Uh, he'll either take a plea deal to something very minor or he'll go to trial and he'll beat that that charge. Um, there has been talk about you know the federal government coming in the DOJ and and filing charges against the officers federally because that is a possibility. But in in all reality, I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, not with Donald Trump leading the DOJ. Even if Joe Biden becomes the president, he he appoints his own um, attorney general and, and and takes over the DOJ. I don't think that he is going to be able to uh, find evidence to prove that these officers, or to, to bring charges against these officers. Um, and I'm not saying that they didn't do anything wrong, but I'm just saying that the, the current state of the law, the way it's structured, the way um, things go on in the court system, that there is, for Breonna Taylor, it seems at this point, nothing that the courts are going to be able to do about it. The best that she did get was possibly the civil rights um, settlement that her family got. But if you want to see if these officers are... are going to do some time in jail or, or be punished for what they did, it's likely not going to happen, just like in several other instances um, in our recent history, and then not, not just our recent history, but in our history um, as, as black people here in this country. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. I look forward to having you back next time. Yes, sir. All right, peace. Peace. All right, man. Uh, you heard it. Uh, now I'm going to allow you all to call in, so we're about to start the show. I'm going to give you guys the call-in number. Uh, you guys, uh-oh. Okay, maybe I got to do something. So let me log in to, let me log in on my side. Give me one second to log in on my side. Um, 
Uh, if you guys are, shoot, are y'all interested in calling in? If you are interested in calling in, press three. Shoot, I don't even know if y'all interested. If you are interested in calling into the show and having, you know, sharing your thoughts, press three. I'm about to get it started right now. All right, I'm going to get y'all. Hold on. Give me a quick second. Let me set this up. Enter your six-digit PIN number. All right. Welcome, host. You have not started a show session in... Welcome, okay. host. You are now on host line with the name of your caller and the following setting is open to... All right. So uh, let me get y'all the call-in number for y'all to call in. Um, Let me do this real quick. Call in number. Call in number is um. Whoa, where is it? Okay, eight one eight nine. I mean seven nine four seven zero zero four. Eight one eight seven nine four seven zero zero four. I believe. <clears throat> Let me make sure. Nope, that's not it. The number is 903-459-4447. I apologize. I'm about to put the number on the screen right now. Give me some time, y'all. I just got this new software so I can so I don't have to have y'all calling in all at the same time. So now I gotta uh gotta get this fixed. Just give me a quick second. We'll have it better next time, all right? So just just bear with me. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. Dot com. Okay, 502, uh, you are now on the line. What's your name and where you calling from? I'm looking, bro, Ben. This is Brother Mark Muhammad at Louisville. How you doing? Lake Salon, doing well. Doing great. Praise be to love. But, yeah, just real quick, I watched most of the show with, with uh, Jeremy. Um, you know, I'm down here in the city exactly where everything happened at and everything. Um uh, I actually knew Brianna Taylor. We went to high school together, and, and you know we was we was friends and everything. Um, uh, you know, word around town is that uh, how the officers indicated that they knocked on the door 
and stated that there was uh, that they identified themselves. Me personally, I know that's a bold-faced lie. Um, uh, I'm aware of Kenneth and, and, and everybody else. Um, pretty much the whole case of how everything is going is um, is that I, I honestly think that there I, I don't see how you can have wanton I mean wanton endangerment on an officer for possibly according to uh, Attorney General what he said possibly putting an innocent life in danger in an apartment three which was the next door neighbor but then again Brianna Taylor's life was innocent as well and also endangered as well and she died so I, I I don't even see how they can even um press those charges on that officer in that way uh for shooting at a wall and you know but yeah that was just it there brother I just wanted just to drop that out there yes uh, yes sir I'll talk to you soon brother. all right appreciate it all right yeah. all right share your thoughts call in to share your thoughts 903 903- Four five nine four 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 seven. I know there's a lot of people, family, that when y'all watch my shows afterwards, that's the reason why I just got this new platform because when I was using the Google Hangouts, people was calling me after the show was over with trying to get on the show. So um, if you're watching this right now at 2.38 Central Time on uh, September 24th, then you should go ahead and call in 903-459-7, I mean 4447. Okay, we're going to get the next caller on. Uh, caller Anonymous, what's your name and uh, where are you calling from? Yeah, hello. I'm calling from uh, um, Virginia. Arlington, oh. Arlington, Virginia. Okay. Okay, let me tell you something. It's uh, Louisville is not very far from uh, Arlington, Virginia. And uh, the town is known to be hardcore resistant. First of all, I don't believe the guy will be spending one day in the in jail, all right? One-ton engagement is like shoplifting charge, you know? Mm. And I suspect since he doesn't have a like, pre-criminal record and he was a police officer, he will go scot-free to somewhere like Florida, job lined up. And the only reason they charged him is because of the ricochet to the the white neighbor mm. you see yeah if it was black neighbor there will be no charges so i knew that when 12 million dollar was paid uh i knew that there will be no charges and second of all um uh, before one day before everything was boarded up in louisville you see all the government offices was boarded up. So again, I knew that there's gonna be, you know what I mean, a joke announcement. Like just like Ferguson, Missouri, you remember that? Just like that. And let me tell you something. Whenever you hear a grand jury, it's the, what they call the pro-union, uh, pro-police, and pro, uh, what they call pro-police, you know what I mean? So usually grand, ju- grand jury is people inside a uh, police union who decide. You see that? How is the system is rigged? Mm. Okay. And also something else. Uh, ben Cram and this guy Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson 
are big problems. Why so I don't that? think this one, yeah, this thing will continue, will continue until why do you, uh, why black do you, people in America get fed up. You why, know? why do you say they're a big problem? Because every time uh, somebody is killed and it's high profile, they come and say, oh, please keep your, uh, don't do anything, uh, keep the peace and stuff like that, just to keep them in the plantation, like it's 1800, uh, something like that. Which, uh, which, which one of them said that this time with Brianna? Okay, uh, Jesse Jackson was just yesterday uh, morning before the, the riots erupted. He was on TV saying that, uh, oh, do, do not move and do not do anything stupid. You know what I mean? Or uh, in Chicago, you know, especially in Chicago. Okay, all right. Well, I thank you for calling in, Sharon. Okay, that's what I'm telling you because this uh, Jesse Jackson and whatever uh, Al Sharpton are huge problem also. Okay. Otherwise, this whole would be stopping. All right. All right. Thank you for sharing. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> all right. Eight five. Uh, eight four five. You on the line? What's your name? Where you calling from? Brother Ben. Assalamu alaikum, brother. It's brother Kamel. Walaikum salam. Calling from Beacon, New York. Like salam. All right, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good, fine. Good, good. That's good, man. Listen, um, I was trying to get the last caller's information, like trying to understand a little bit. Um, I, I got some of it. Um, you know, you're talking about the, the money, the lawsuit um, that the family had received. I want to say condolences to the family of Brianna Taylor. And, uh, you know, thank you for bringing on the brother, too, to bring that information, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, definitely, yeah, definitely. That's, that's a good source of information. You know, I implore you to, you know, possibly do that more too, because we need that. We need those kind of faces too. That image, that image association to see more black people in position, especially lawyers. Um, but I would say in this time, man, and dealing with this case, um, was corrupted from the beginning. And, um, I, I'll speak from this, I'll speak from this standpoint on it. Um, as much as we may be disappointed time and time again, we need to understand that we will always get the same result. And it's hard for some of us to accept that because it seems to kill our, our, our hope or, you know, our will. We have to find it. Look, there has to be a brighter day. There has to be some justice. And I, I'm saying this, and I'm making a statement right now, Brother Ben, and I got to be plain about it, that let me put it this way. The minister told a story at one time through an elder that was told to me, and it was a turtle going across the water. And a scorpion was on the bank and the scorpion needed a ride. So the turtle comes across and he says, Hey, can you give me a ride across the bank? And the turtle says, Oh no, I can't do that. You'll sting me. He said, Oh no, I won't do that. I promise you. He said, okay, sure. He brings them across the bank and he lets them off. As soon as he lets them off onto the shore, the scorpion stings them. Mm. And the turtle looks up and says, Hey man, why did you do that? And the scorpion said, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's just my nature. Mm. I'm saying that to say this. Yeah, yes, brother. And I'm saying that to say this, that understand what we're dealing with, family. This is, a, this is an enemy that's making himself known. He is in plain sight. It, it, the revolution is televised. They are killing outright. They're showing us that we, it does not work in the, in the criminal justice system for us. The criminal justice system is being ran by criminals, okay? So um, when, you have, when we have examples in front of us, like this time and time again, I just say to the family, 
you know, hang on to what you have within your household or whatever spiritual power that you have. Seek refuge. We call him Allah. You may call him God, but seek refuge in this hour. We're in a trying hour. America's burning on one side and drowning on the other, and the pandemic is still here. We're on trial. America is on trial, family. Pay attention. So I just uh, I thank you, Brother Ben. Um, I don't want to preach. Um, I just want to thank the family and thank you for bringing the information, especially Brother that's lawyered up. You brought Brother Winfrey Perry the other day, an excellent example. One of our brothers that was, you know, I say down with the semis, not down with the bow ties. I'm one of those brothers. I relate to him. He has an amazing story. So I thank you, brother. I thank the family for listening. God bless you all. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you. And uh, just so you all know, Brother Jeremy, inshallah, which means God willing, will be back. We plan on doing this. I'm bringing the Brother Ben X show back to where we talk about current events in our community. I used to do it a lot, but uh, I got so busy. But, uh, man, I'm just inspired to bring these stories back, but also bring solutions and bring those legal sides that a lot of us don't go into because we don't understand. So through our brother Jeremy, I want us to, I want him to be able to help us understand the legal jargon that's being thrown around, uh, thrown around that many of us don't know about. So he will be back. Uh, God willing. All right. We got five Oh two. Uh, let me see. Five Oh two. You're on the line. What's your name and where you calling from? Hello. How are you? My name is Christy. I'm doing black-tastic. How you doing? I've had better days. Thanks for asking. I'm calling from Louisville, Kentucky. I was born and raised here. Uh, our city is really hurting right now. Um, we need answers. Uh, justice has not been served. Everything about this case does not make sense from the beginning. From when it first started. Okay, let's say, for example, I dated a guy that sold drugs and I no longer deal with him, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was dealing with him, let's say the police were under surveillance watching him and me, right? Mm-hmm. So I quit dealing with him. They had been watching this guy for months before this incident even happened with her. What happened was the police thought that she was there by herself. At that time of night when they went into her home, 12, 1 o'clock at night, as a lady, as a woman, she's going to either be half-dressed, if got any clothes on at all. She's in bed, sleep at this time. They know that. They were dirty cops. That's why the warrant never made sense to begin with. They still don't even know which judge signed off on this warrant to even for them to even go there. Normally with a warrant, it's always more than three officers. When I'm telling you they were dirty cops, they were going there thinking they was going to be able to get the drugs or money because there would have been more than just three cops when there's a warrant like that. And they don't even know which judge signed off on it. So it was all foul play to begin with. And then if they're knocking like that, hard like that, neighbors, they're going to come out. It's just common sense. It's just like me in my house right now. I'm hearing a bunch of knocking and stuff. After so long, I'm going to go out to see who it is if somebody's banking like the police. I'm going to see what's going on. It's too much commotion going on. Somebody's going to peek out. Somebody's going to see or hear something. You can tell that they didn't announce themselves by the 911 caller for boyfriend. Didn't know what was going on. He thought somebody was breaking in their home. So as a man, him being a protector, he fires a shot. 
But for them to shoot the way that they did, there's no, it was 34 shots altogether. That's what, that's what the public needs to know. They need to know the truth. You can go on YouTube and research your stuff for yourself. There was 34 shots altogether. 34 shell casings. 16 of them went into her home, though. Six of them went in her body. She even had one, I think they said, in her foot yesterday. They finally revealed that, like where all the shots were in her body. So they kill her. This, we didn't even know about this. You know how we found out about Kenneth Walker? I think someone from his family had posted why he was locked up. And once the public got aware of it, we start asking questions. And that's how he was able to get off on his charges because it was just the fact it didn't make sense. The CLMPD, they knew they had messed up, so he got off on his charges. So now they're trying to cover everything up. Since everything was done crooked, now they're trying to cover everything up. Okay, they give her family $12 million. I don't bring back her life. I don't bring her back. Like, I don't, they gave, why would they pay her family $12 million if nothing was done wrong? They knew they had messed up. They knew it. But see, once her family took that money, we don't know. The public don't know. It could have stipulated anything. It probably could have stipulated, okay, we give you this money. No one's going to get arrested. We don't know. For them to not find these officers, even the world knows it. Everybody sees this. We're not the only people that see this. Nothing about it makes sense. The attorney general, he don't even make sense. He's a liar. He's been lying from day one. He don't even want to give the public as much as the racial group of what the jury was made up in. Because he's a liar. He's a sellout. For him to be a black man, to stand up there and to say the things he says doesn't make sense. Wasn't nothing justified about nothing that was done. Nothing at all. So there's still, there's still no justice. Okay, what if she was still involved with the guy, like everybody's claiming? Okay, so what do they want us to say? Okay, oh, so now we see. Or now they make sense why. No, they need to all be locked up in charge, period. All of them. And the cop that was charged with the wanton endangerment, he was in jail for, what, 29 minutes and got out? The world don't even know what's going on. It's a lot of lies. It's a lot of racist stuff, if you ask me about this case. They're racist, LMPD. They have a track record it's from long, from here to Broadway. Broadway is like the main strip here in this city. That's how long their track record is, from lawsuits, from lawsuits. They're crooked and they're liars and they're very prejudiced here. Very, 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 very. She hadn't even started her career as an EMT yet. She had just graduated and got that certificate and everything. So what do you feel like should be done now that everything, the verdict with the attorney general is stating that they want endangerment? I mean, personally, does it make sense to you? Um, no, I think like Brother Jeremy said, uh, based on some of the evidence or the evidence, the officer who uh, fired the shots, um, I think that he should be charged and not just charged for Absolutely. the person being charged for shooting a wall, uh, but actually killing her, uh, especially since, you know, she didn't even have a weapon. Um, I think I think that he should be charged. Absolutely. 
But let me ask you this. Um, what do you think is um, justice? What does justice look like for you? Equal rights. No matter what your race is. All right. All right. Well, thank you for calling. Doing what's right. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. All righty. All right, next up, we have 409. Welcome to the Brother Ben X Show. What's your name and where you calling from? Brother Ben X, this is King C calling from Houston, Texas, man. It's a pleasure. What's going on? What's going on? What's your thoughts? Uh, first of all, I just wanted to send my condolences. And also, I wanted to uh, thank everyone that was involved, the organizations, you know, for putting the pressure on uh, Louisville. It was a lot of people. That, that, that went to jail, a lot of people that got, you know, hurt and a lot of organizing. And I just want to, first of all, take time to appreciate that. Uh, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Secondly, I am, uh, I'm not surprised about what the verdict is. <clears throat> and uh, honestly, I know some people may not like this, but it's a harsh reality. Uh, I feel like we're giving the family a pass for accepting the $12 million because most of us feel like it would be hard for us not to accept that $12 million. But the reality of the situation is by accepting that $12 million, you accepted the contract. Um, it's hard for me to say what I would have done. But being one with self and... Uh, not allowing money to be the root of all evil because I don't put it before my people. I don't put it before my beliefs. Uh, I feel uh, that I with it. them accepting that money, I'm sorry. My bad. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said something. Um, I just feel like with them accepting that money, actually, uh, you know, uh, I feel like we're giving the family a pass for that, and, and, it, and it's understandable, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, Justice for us is a nightmare for every other nation in this world. That's the reality. And, um, you know, I, 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 hate, I hate that it had to come to this, and I hate that the family didn't really get the justice that they deserve. Um, but uh, what I can appreciate is, is the people right now. Uh, we, we're coming together a lot stronger. And, um, you know, you, you need to leave our sisters alone. You need to respect our sisters. And uh, we need to step up and make sure that we're ready to put our life on the line. It's up to us to raise up the women. You know what I mean? We have to raise up the women because uh, if we don't raise up our women and, and, and if we're not willing to put our life on the line for our women, uh, uh, no one is going to respect us until we're willing to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Brother Ben, it's, 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 it's something that I'm not happy about. Uh, when I heard about the news that they accepted that money, I... I, w I was disappointed. Uh, many were saying that it hurts the police department and all this here. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I felt like too many people were out there. Uh, and, and, you know, there's no dollar that you could put on uh, not just Breonna Taylor. Uh, any man, any woman, any color, any race. But right now we're talking about our people. And, that, and that's why I stand uh, with it, Brother Ben. So what would you say the family should have done? What I feel the family should have done is not accept any of that money, anything that that wicked system offered to them, first of all. 
No, we do not want your money. No, we do not want your. We do not want one dollar. We do not want one thousand. We do not want one million. We do not want one billion. You, we do not want one trillion dollars. We want justice for uh, Brianna. And 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 first of all, there was not anything happening until an organization pretty much put the pressure on them in the first place. Very disrespectful of Louisville, Kentucky, because first of all, uh, when, when, when Brianna was murdered, that cop, and, and it's obvious that it was dirty, okay, uh, there should have, uh, hey, he should have been arrested. I don't care about being fired, you know, because we understand that their community, he's probably rich now. You know, they're going to support him. He should have been arrested, first of all, and all of this time he should have been in a holding cell, and uh, in, in, in the courtroom in a in a, in an orange jumpsuit. But I'm, I man, listen, I, I'm not finna talk down on that family. I'm not finna, cause twelve million dollars, you know, they they set for life, and I understand. I'm just saying where I come from. There's no way that they should have accepted one dollar from that wicked system. Seeing the movement and the pressure being put on them, because if they would not have accepted that money, someone would have had to go to jail. Mm. And what does justice look like to you? Uh, Brother Ben X, justice looks like uh, revelations in the Bible. Revelations, to me, uh, uh, if you ever read Revelations, I'll just leave it there. Uh, justice uh, for black people is uh revelations so for those who have not read revelations give us a picture oh i plead the fifth i plead the fifth all right brother appreciate you for calling in thank you all right all right 816 thank you for calling the brother ben x show what's your name where you calling from peace of god uh this true master of law from Houston, Texas, brother. All right, peace. What's going on? What's your thoughts? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, God, but uh, I'm always, I'm always dealing with solutions, and I feel like you know, black people, you know, in this country, we we, we seem to be insane, God, because we keep doing the same thing over and over again, and keep getting the same results uh, from uh, you know these same atrocities committed, you know, by these wicked devils, bro. And that, that's the truth. You know, we keep doing the same thing over. And I think we need to change up the strategy of, you know, what we are doing. Um, but I give it to the protesters. I give it up to the protesters because, you know, we are uh, out there uh, making an um, international uh, um, to the world that, hey, this is going on. That's a good thing about the protest. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we, uh, we, we, we are doing things that we consider being helpful, but they're not because the same thing keeps happening. So what do we need to do? You know, what do we need to do? And I, I, in my opinion, I feel like we need to become a nation and stamp that and have representation with a leader because they're not shooting down other people, you know, like that other nations or people because they have armies, they have, you know, uh, a backup, they have people out there that would defend them, you know? So 
you know, we have we have no army. We have we don't have anything, you know, to back us up. The only thing we're at the mercy of them, and we expect them to re, uh, um, investigate themselves. You know that that's 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 you know that's not going to help. You know what I mean? And um, so you know we all stand for one common call. I'm in the nation of God on earth. You're in the nation of Islam, FOI. There's a lot of organizations that are out there. We need to come together for one common cause and defeat them. I think that that that's my opinion. You know, with Breonna Taylor, you know, it, it, it's a wake up. But at the same time, I'm not surprised. But I think this is the nail in the coffin. You know, it's like they have no regard. They just told us that they have no regard for our sister. You know, they, they told us this. So, I mean, we, we knew that with Sandra Bland. You know, I was out there with Sandra Bland. I talked to her family. You know, I'm from Texas. I was out there in Prayer View. I went to Prayer View. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm in Fifth Ward. I'm, you know, we, we have organizations out here that are grassroots. We do the Juneteenth Festival every year when our comrade, Oma Wiley, uh, uh, Fing, you know, passed away recently. Uh, he was one of the, you know, uh, founding members of the Uhuru Movement, African People's Socialist Party. Um, you know, Dead Press, you know, is a part was a part of the organization. I think they still are. So, you know, I, I've been in the movements and I've done my work. I put in work, but at the same time, what do we what do we do? You know, we're at the mercy of the oppressor. We need a we need an army. We need defense. We have nobody to defend us. Nowhere is nationwide. Other people, other countries in Africa, other countries, you know, they see this happening. They're they're reaching out, but okay, well, well, we what um, can you um help us? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we need some help over here. You know what I'm saying? We're we you know we are the children of Israel. You know, or the, you know, where the Bible. We are these people trapped in the same, you know, thing. You know, back in the biblical times, where they were trapped in Egypt and couldn't get out. They needed a leader to lead them out of this. So, where where is our national representation in a in a national level? Where is that? You know, I don't. Pardon me, God. I don't want to go on and on. You know, and I respect you, G. I love your platform. You're teaching the C's. You're teaching the young brothers out here. The hip-hop generation needs you, God. We need you. You know what I mean? So, I you wanna, know, with this decision with Breonna Taylor. I want to respond to the, ahead, the national leader part. When you say uh, we need a national leader, a national leader to do what exactly? Well... Or to say, take us to the world courts. To to I mean, Minister Farrakhan, I love. Let me tell you something, man. I was I've been following Minister Louis Farrakhan since I was like probably 13, 12, 13 years old, and I know he's there. He's he's been there one hundred percent. Our brother, what what I am saying is that we need a young brother. We need somebody who understands this, and the Minister Louis Farrakhan understands it. But we. I, the leader, we can't, we can't just depend on him. We need to take what he, we need to take his seeds. 
Right, you know what I'm saying? We, right, but and, we need a leader and, and, to, You know what I mean? But we need a leader to do what, though? Well, we need a leader to basically represent us on a national front and plead our case to the world courts, to all of the nations, and charge this devil, man. You know what I mean? We we need to, I mean, that uh, he understands politics and money. You know what I mean? He understands imperialism, which that, that is what imperialism is. You know what I'm saying? So what we need to do, we need to take it to the nation. We need to take it. We need to solidify everything and every, that we are. We need to take that and become one nation. Man. We, we, you know, you know, nation of Islam, the Protestant nation, the Moors nation, wherever, wherever you with, the Christian, black, Christian nationalists, all of these groups that, that are advocating for one common cause, we need to solidify that as one leader to represent that cause, dog. Yes, sir. And we need to take it to the world courts. Yes, we sir. Got, and, and whoever it is, whatever it may be, you know, we don't know. But it's going to be that eventually. You know, I mean, we're going to have to come out of here and we're going to have to come out of Babylon, G. We're going to have, it, it, you know, it's going to, this country is doomed for destruction. The weather, you see, everything that is happening, you have, we have to come out of her. But now the way we do it, that's what I'm talking about. How do we do it? You see what I'm saying? Because, you know, insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. You know what I mean? Do you think so, that we've applied all of the things the past leaders have told us? Do you think that's the solution? Well, all of the, we need to take that and build on that, God. You know what I mean? Like, we need to take that and add on to it and develop it. Because they were living in different times, different mind states, different energy. So, you know, I think we are doing that right now. I, I really do. I, I think we are doing that right now. With your platform, a lot of young brothers out here are waking up. And I think, you know, when you set fire underneath somebody's, you know, excuse my language, ass, you know, um, they get to move. So, you know, uh, things get to happen when, when they get real, you know. But now the, the, the problem is, is organization. We need to organize, yes. you know, uh, organize our minds, organize how we implement these uh, strategies. Now, the 33 Strategies of War, I love that book. I read that book all the time. I read, you know, a lot of the books, you know, um, that the Caucasian man, you know, I'm looking at his point of view. You know, because he's fighting from that point. So I'm saying we're looking at what our leaders did in the '60s, and we lost, bro. We have to admit that we lost. We lost, man, because the COINTELPRO was successful in doing what they did to eliminate the Black Panther Party, to eliminate, except for the Nation of Islam, and that's why, brother. Let me tell you something. They can't. They will never do that because knowledge itself. He likes the devil because the devil gives him nothing but the knowledge. When you, when you give the black man the knowledge of himself, you can't stop that. You can't take that away. You could take the TV, the car. You could take all that away, but you can't take the knowledge of self away, God. You see what I'm saying? And that wisdom, how we use that wisdom is very important because it can be a good way or a bad way. Now, a lot of brothers, you know, got knowledge of self. In government, they know the government, they know science, but they're not using it in the right way 
You know what I mean? Mm. They're not taking the knowledge of themselves and using it for the culture, for our nation, God. Yes, sir. So I don't down these brothers. You know, what I want to do is get them to understand that we don't need the devil. You know, we don't need the devil. You know what I mean? We, 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 we are the builders of the country. We, all this fried chicken, this food you love, all this, this music, jazz, all of that, they love it. So why do we need them? And the answer is because they have the ability to distribute your product at whatever you have all around the world. You see? So I'm going to compromise my family to the, for the bag. Okay? So that's how it is. All right. But I, I really think, I really believe that, you know, the nice, at the end of the day, the, the foundation of all of this, we need national rep- international representation. And charge whoever that was involved with the Atlantic slave trade, charge them for the bag. The Africa, over there, Africa and the United States, all over the world. We need to charge these people, man. We need to set a foundation, stand for one common cause, all that other difference. That's crap. That's a real revolution, brother. Yes, sir. That's a real revolution. All right, yes, sir. That's a real revolution. I appreciate you for calling in, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, bro. All right, peace. All right, uh, we got 903. Uh, welcome to the Brother Ben X Show. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, my name is Lee A, and I am calling from East Texas. I think that last brother was from East Texas as well. Uh, uh, brother Ben, I enjoy the show. I'd like to say that, uh, give my condolences to the family and all the people in Kentucky that are having to go through this. Uh, I want us to remember that we are the warriors. We are the warriors. That's why we are still alive. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. And whoever it is. This this young black woman, uh, Breonna Taylor, she had no children, so her seed is gone. Um, Mother Earth is going to have the last say-so. Y'all keep a living and keep your eyes open. She's going to have her day of reckoning. And because um, she's real good at turning people into rocks. Now, that doesn't mean for us to sit down and cry. We have to stand up and we have to realize who we are. There is no you and me. There is only one. But we're divided. And when we come together, we're going to realize that we are one. OK, yes, ma'am. those people that are claiming justice, they uh, the cover up see. The reason that they don't get uh, put in jail or, or, or but maybe 10% of the time is because they can't lock them up. There's not that many of them. They can't lock them up because they need them to continue to go out and kill people, okay? They're killers, they're murderers, and they're going to continue to do it so they get their freedom so they can continue to do it. Now, I what I want to say is I want to know what are we going to do. What are we going to do? And Brother Ben, don't ask me what I think we should do. We, it's in us. It's in our DNA to protect ourselves, protect our families. How long is it going to take for us to get up and get ready to do what we're supposed to do? Because we're at war, and we've been at war, and it ain't going to stop until the last one drops. So let's get on code, and uh, somebody tell me, where is that general that's supposed to be raised up? At the end, 
and and hey and deal with the problem that we got. Yes, ma'am. All right, brother Ben. Before, back over to you. Before you go, what do you think? Ju what does justice look like to you? Well, I can tell you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like this. What's going on? That's for sure. But it doesn't look like what's going what what's going on. Cause see, they wrote the laws before you and I were born, and they set it up. They set us up for failure and for them to win all the time. Now, I agree with the Nation of Islam when they say, let's separate, but separate to where I don't exactly know because they can't live without us. They hate us, but they cannot live without us. They hate us because they want to beat us, but they still can't live without us. Now, if they can live without us, go on about your business and leave us alone. We'll make it. We'll make it without you, but you won't make it without us. Mm, but what does justice look like to you personally? I never really think about it, but I know that this is not it. And only God can give us justice. These people that we ask them for justice, it's like asking them for a drink of water and they give you a, a glass of vinegar juice. They're not going to give you any justice because they are afraid of the black man. And they hate, they, they're afraid of the black man because of his seed that he can implant into the white woman. Y'all need to stop and leave them alone. They're also... They also hate the black woman, and they hate us because we had you. Mm. So they ain't going to never give us justice. We're going to have to take what we get, or we're going to have to sit here and wait. Wait on the Lord, as some of them doing, and whatever. But they ain't sitting and waiting. They picking us off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Look at all the people. They pick you off any time they get ready to. Now, I, I do have a solution, but I can't tell you what it is over the phone. <laughs> I got a solution. Read my mind. You can do it, brother. Read my mind. Yes, We know the answer. We know the answer. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for calling in. We, we definitely know the answer. Thank you. All right. Peace. All right. All right, let's get on to the next call. I was looking for a video, man. I can't find it right now. So, therefore, we're going to get to the next caller. Uh, 985. Welcome to the Brother Ben right, X Show. What's your name? Where you calling from? Call Can you turn us down in the background, please? So, therefore, we're going to get to the next caller. Uh, oh. Uh, 985. Oh. All right, you're going to have to call back in, brother. Uh, 702, welcome to the Brother Ben X Show. What's your name? Where you calling from? Assalamualaikum, Brother Ben. This is uh, Charles calling out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Waalaikum salam. What's going on? Yes, sir. So I just I just want to, because I was just in the comments before I was in, I just heard or just seen all of our open enemy talking about it's pretty much justified just due to the fact that Breonna Taylor was involved with the drug dealer. So that should not justify the killing of this woman because it just brings me back to that episode of the Fresh Prince of ben, uh, Bel Air when uh, Jazz was talking about we fire one shot, we get six warning shots in the back. And Breonna Taylor caught six of those 30 bullets. And just back to the back to the last brother who was calling for the Book of Revelation, what they have done to us is what is going to be done to them in the, in the hereafter. So I, I don't really have no solution of what we can do because I'm so young, but just seeing all this going on right now is so discouraging and it's so heartbreaking 
just to see even our own people trying to justify this murder from this wicked system that we have all been under for the last damn near 500 years. I apologize about the curse. I apologize, but it just gets me worked up just seeing all this, all this stuff that's going on, you know, with our people. And we can't get out from under these people because we don't, we don't even have the true knowledge of self to to where to where we'll be able to actually do something for ourselves. The producing land of Earth is 29 million square miles, so we got to just get our ass out there and go do something, go find something, so we can actually separate. I ain't no explorer, but if we all come together, we can go explore some shit. There's a whole bunch of un- uninhabited land out here in America that we can go sit on, pull our resources pull our resources together and do for ourselves as the honorable Elijah Muhammad has been trying to get us to do for all this damn time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let me see this. Let me see this real quick. Hold on. Let me see. Now, I watched you in a prior interview speak about we need to pose that Pumphrey did that Kyle cannot vote. The cotton will grow for us. All right. Uh, let me go to the next caller real quick. All right. We got uh, 402. Welcome to the Brother Ben X Show. What's your name? Where you calling from? Assalamualaikum, Brother Ben. This is Omar. I'm calling out of Omaha, Nebraska. Walaikum salam. Uh, I was just thinking on uh, this case. And honestly, as far as... The officers are concerned. I think that they should at least be charged with manslaughter at the very least. But if there comes out any evidence suggesting that they were there doing anything corrupt, or their intentions were to be, you know, doing anything corrupt, that's homicide as far as I'm concerned. But I think that we should go about getting justice in a completely different way. You know, I see a lot of protesting, and then we're always reacting to uh, all the things that they do when they shoot us down and, you know, whatever else they do. Like just yesterday in Iowa, I'm, I'm right next door to Iowa, a black man was strangled and burned in a ditch yesterday wow. by four white folks. And then um, it, was a, it was another brother here in Nebraska during the uh, George Floyd protest, a 22-year-old brother, he was gunned down by uh, this Iraq war veteran, this white man, who basically, they basically, him and some other white folks basically set up an ambush-style sort of attack and initiated uh, the confrontation. And they ended up taking that young brother's life, and he ended up committing suicide, the, the man, before he was able to go to trial when he was being charged with it. So I don't think we, should, we can go case by case and, you know, try to get justice case by case at this point. We have to look at the history and look at where we are today and what's the most appropriate thing to do for our survival. At this point, you know, if we were to get justice today, think about this. A hundred million natives dead, killed, a hundred million of us in the middle passage, 300, 310 years of free labor, Another hundred years of uh, mistreatment and Jim Crow and, you know, financial oppression and whatnot, constantly raping us, robbing us, and, and doing all the, you know, just what the devil does. If we were to get justice with eye for eye, it's about 250 million white people in America. And I think that number is inflated, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. 
250 million white folks in America, eye for eye, their whole race will be gone. If we got an eye for eye for each one of us, original people that they've killed or done something unjust to. So justice don't look like, uh, it doesn't look like a uh, jail time. That's not what justice looks like. Justice doesn't look like, you know, it, you know, it's complete annihilation for America and the Western nations. That's that's really what justice is. They they have been on this earth doing what they've been doing for too long, and they they just got to go. Our thing is, one way or another, we still got to survive on this earth. So what we should be more focused on is taking care of ourselves and doing what we got to do to make ourselves self-sufficient. Because once he's no longer able to take care of you, he'll drop you. And you either going to be the producer of your own future, or you're going to starve to death and not have no food, no shelter, no clothing. And... You know, I just think we just got to step it up. There should be no reason at this point in 2020 where anywhere in our communities we have foreign races policing our people. That is not appropriate. You don't go to China and see black officers running around up and down in China. You don't see white people running up and down in China and India being a police force unless they're mercenaries or they're being paid to do uh, services and whatnot. So we are completely out of line by allowing ourselves to be policed. And I kind of want to. I want to close on on uh, one passage from the Quran. This is chapter fourteen, verse twenty-two. It says, "And the devil will say, when the matter is decided, surely Allah promised you a promise of truth, and I promised you, and then failed you. And I had no authority over you except that I called you and you obeyed me. So blame me not, but blame yourselves. I cannot come to your help, nor can you come to my help. I deny your associating me with Allah before, surely." for the unjust is a painful chastisement. So we've had our instructions and our directions by Allah himself. So we're either going to take that or we can't, we can't put it on the white man no more. He's not, he's not going to give you justice. He never have and he never will. So we need to stop asking him and begging him. If we go out and seek a life for a life, then they'll respect us. But I also want to make one more comment on the, the, the uh, settlement. How much was it, brother? You know, uh, how much did they settle for? Twelve million. So in the Quran, you're also allowed to accept payment if uh, if that's what the family of those afflicted by a death would like to do. I'm not completely opposed to that, but like I said, putting that in the context of our 464 years of us being oppressed, payment isn't enough. Now, whether or not they should or shouldn't accept it, you know, like I know, you, the devil not going to give you nothing with no strings attached. I don't give a damn what it is. They're not going to give you anything with any with no strings attached. So I think that's just, you know, if they took it or not, I don't think that they should look at that as, you know, justice. At the end of the day, if somebody take your family, you got to go and do what you got to do. If the system won't give you justice, you got to take it in your own hands as far as I'm concerned. that I know I'll do that, period. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate you calling in, brother. Yes, sir. All right, family. So what we're going to do, that is the last call. I apologize for everybody else on the line. I do apologize. We will be going live uh, a lot more like this, and I'll be allowing you all to call in. But I got to do another podcast right after this at 4 o'clock with Brother West Coast Cam. Uh, with Brother West Coast Cam, he's going to be talking about the whole Vlad TV situation, some of the things that's been going on over there. We know that Vlad lied on the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Uh, I made a video earlier about it. He uh, did a video on it. Corey Holcomb, Royce 5'9", Lord Jamar, and Godfrey, they um, 
they have said that they're no longer going on his platform. So I'm going to be doing an interview with Brother West Coast Cam, but we're going to do a little break right now. And I'm going to allow the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to talk about land, things of that nature, because I believe that the best and only answer, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, is separation, separation mentally, separation spiritually, separation financially and then physically. But this is not something that may happen over a month time or a day time, something that we can do in unity over time finding these pieces of land, finding these states or these particular areas where there's nothing there and then coming together on common grounds and saying, let's separate from them and do something for ourselves. And most importantly, the minister said, our righteousness will sustain us. Our righteousness will sustain us. So let's check out this video real quick and then we're going to end the show. Now, you talk about us empowering the youth, which we have to do, and us understanding what we need to invest in as a people. We've invested in the bling bling, we've been poisoned with that. I watched you in a prior interview speak about the, um, the dollar becoming weak and inflation coming. What do we invest in? What commodities do we need to put at the forefront of our community, and not just you know, the Jay-Z's, whether it be the next level down, the, the low-level businessman, to the guy who wants to be a businessman. What do we need to be focused on? What do what commodities do we need to acquire? Whatever commodity the Jay-Z's and the Kanye's of the world focus on in their creative genius in terms of design of clothes that Puffy did, that Carl Kanai did, that others did, that comes from some form of a product that comes from the earth. What you have on, what I have on, this is linen. At the root, it's cotton. We grew the cotton for white folk. The cotton will grow for us. We took the hide off the cattle and the goat and made shoes for the white folk. We designed designer shoes for the big companies in Italy and Spain. See, the pocketbooks that we have, all of it made from something that comes from the earth. But when you ask the brother, how much earth do you own? Well, if you don't own the earth, you don't own the root of the product that you make. China will say to you, come, bring it here. I can do it cheaper, which they can because they own the earth that it's coming from. So they can make shirts for me. If I want to be a shirt man, then I just take them my design. They make it, send it back to me. They make a, a profit and I make a profit, but I got to make it higher because I'm not the main man. I don't own the root. So Elijah Muhammad said, we got to go to the root. And the root is land. How much land do we own? Land, earth. Well, we were set free, so-called, in 1865. By 1910, the black people who were just set free own 16 million acres of land in America. Then we built towns 
on the land that we own. We cut down the trees. We made homes. We were the people that built America for white people. But when freedom came, they didn't want us to be the only artisans, craftsmen, engineers. Go look at some of the slave accounts. We got a nigger architect. We got a nigger engineer. We got a nigger cook. They for sale. We were the people that built the White House and the, and the uh, Capitol. We were on loan to the government from our plantations. So when you see the talent that we had when slavery was ended, we were the craftsmen, we were the builders, we had a natural job. Then they said, no, we can't let the niggas have that. So a man named Samuel Gompers, a Jewish man, started the unions. And they started bringing with the Homestead Act. They brought all these whites from Eastern Europe who were craftsmen and whatnot. They saw the, the revolution in Haiti. And the, the French people in Louisiana got shook up because the blacks, they figured, might start rising up here, so they sold the Louisiana Purchase to America for $15 million. So here was all this land, but nobody to live on it. So America brought in all these Europeans, gave them millions of acres of land. And when we were supposedly set free, they offered us 40 acres and a mule. And they never gave us the mule or the 40 acres. That's why Dr. King was on his way to Washington to present a bill to America on the 40 acres and the mules and the land that we needed to end our poverty. All right, family, so that was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Listen, man, this is the Brother Ben X Show. I thank everybody for watching. If you all would like to donate, you can donate to the show. Dollar sign, Brother Ben X, if you guys would like to support the show. As I said, I want to continue to do more of these, a lot more. Bring Brother Jeremy back on to give us the legal side. Bring my opinion, my perspective. Uh, and, of course, always the teachings with me. And I'm going to also continue to allow you all to call in as well to give you all a voice and to voice your opinion. So if you'd like to support via Cash App, uh, Cash App, dollar sign, Brother Ben X. Again, stick around because I'm about to go live with West Coast Cam. We're going to be discussing the Vlad TV situation. So I'll see you guys right in the few. Thank you all for watching. Have a black tattoo.